Hi, my name is Tracy Coral, and welcome to Indispensable People. I'm a wife, mom, teacher, pastor, and missionary, and I believe that every person should have the opportunity to know Christ, grow in Him, and serve Him with the gifts that He has given, no matter their ability. Over 65 million Americans have a disability. That's 25% of the population. However, over 80% of them are not inside the walls of our church. Let's dive into those hard topics, biblical foundations, perceptions, and world-changing ideas. Welcome, and today I'm going to talk with you about a hard but good topic where I get to share my testimony of how God um, healed me, saved me, and helped me to realize what I thought I knew was not the depth of what I could know about the people that I serve. So in our last episode, we talked about autism. And as I was doing the podcast, I really just began to think about my own personal experience and how that has really shaped the way that I think and the way that I treat other people. because it was just an unreal experience that, you know what, I thought I had a knowledge base, but I just didn't even come close to understanding it at a different depth that would change everything. So today's date is November of 2023. And two years ago, this particular week, I found myself with covid And I had to go to the hospital after being sick for about a week. My husband had gotten concerned and he went and purchased a pulse ox. And um, we saw that my numbers were about 82, 84. And that is definitely a concern because your numbers should not be below 95-ish. And so I found myself at the door of the emergency room because, of course, in that time, my husband couldn't go in with me. And I was ushered into a self-contained room by myself um, for about 18 hours with only a BiPAP machine and an inhaler. And at that point, I had I had been so sick that I really didn't even know what was going on. When my husband explained to me the amount of time that I was in each space, I didn't even have a a remembrance of that. So all I had remembered up until that point was that I was struggling with the BiPAP. Like I couldn't catch a breath and I just didn't even know what to do or how to handle it. And it was almost creating a panic because I couldn't breathe. And so um, the discussion came about the possibility of a ventilator. And so we did pursue that. At some point, my husband said that um, he requested that they FaceTime, that he and the kids FaceTimed me before they put me on the ventilator. And um, I don't even remember that. But um, apparently we did that. And the only thing that I remember as I was laying on the bed, 
I remember the doctor saying to me, now, how long have you had this? And this is important because we need to know if we're past the point of what medicine we can use. And after that, I remember nothing. And for nine days, I was on a ventilator. Um, Honestly, statistics would say that I shouldn't have survived. And it is truly a miracle that I'm here. But what I want to share with you is my experience after being on the ventilator. Now, I could tell you all the things that God did and the prayers that people um, raised for me and the extent at which my family was taken care of, which was just an incredible thing. But my the impact of what God showed me through this experience is beyond anything that I could have read in a book or taught myself even in conversations with people that I serve. So when I woke up, first of all, I'm sure medication-wise, my brain was just in a scramble. Obviously, oxygen had been a struggle and all kinds of things. And so I don't even remember the first full day um, that I was awake. But the second day uh, that I was awake, I had finally tested negative. And so they were going to be able to allow my husband in the room. But I wasn't allowed to get out of the bed myself because I was a fall risk. And um, I didn't really remember all the things. But when I was finally able to get up with assistance from the medical staff, I felt like my legs were so heavy. I couldn't pick them up. It was absolutely exhausting to get out of the bed. The process of doing it was so difficult. And I couldn't do it on my own, so I had to wait for medical staff. And of course, you guys know and have heard because it's just what's been going on in the world. But the, the hospital was so understaffed that I would have to wait for extended periods of time to be able to get up to use the restroom and that kind of thing. And, um, so I had a couple of things happen. First, my, I said to you that my brain was a bit scrambled. And so understanding and knowing everything that's going on and what has happened, I didn't fully comprehend at that point. And so asking questions to the medical staff came with an assumption that I didn't know what I was talking about. So, for example, I was given uh, an IV that I wasn't supposed to have. And I did question the nurse. And I also explained to her that the IV didn't feel right in my arm, that something was wrong. And even at that point, the machine was beeping. And um, (laughs) the nurse said, no, no, everything's fine. It's just the machine. As she hit the machine with her hand and then left me and my arm started to blow up like a balloon because the IV was not in correctly and all the medicine at one time was entering my body which meant that I became very, very sick because I basically overdosed. Thankfully, it was only an antibiotic, so it just made me sick to my stomach. But 
that was one experience. Moving on to another experience where um, when I would wake up in the morning, my speech was available to me. I had no problems talking. Um, I might get lost in my words and what I was explaining, but um, I my speech was clear. Then later on, through the day, I don't know if it was because my muscles became tired or what what was going on, but I couldn't form the words that I needed to say. And so I had to find alternative ways to communicate with the medical staff that was caring for me, who in my mind, I thought, okay, these are trained professionals and they're going to know how to handle this situation. But although that staff with the best intentions to care for me and provide for me didn't know what to do with me because I couldn't speak to them. I couldn't tell them what was going on. And um, they would look at me like, I, I mean, it felt like they looked at me like I was crazy. I would try to use my cell phone to type in things, to explain things. And they just didn't have the time or the patience to wait for me to do that. And um, it became a huge issue because of the communication barrier. So problem number one was they really looked at me as less than because they thought that I couldn't explain what I needed. And so then they treated me incorrectly in addition to that, my communication became a barrier, which led to me not being able to say what my needs were or for them to hear and understand what was going on in my body. Next, um, I told you that I was a fall risk, so I was not allowed to get out of bed on my own. And this became a very embarrassing experience for me because at one point I had waited for 45 minutes for a nurse to take me to use the restroom. Now, my husband knew what the hospital situation was like. He knew how difficult things had been up until that point. And so he said to me, if you need to use the bathroom, don't wait to the last minute. And so I purposely did that. I asked ahead of time. I knew like it wasn't an emergency at that point, but uh, I knew that I was going to need to use the restroom. And um, for 45 minutes, I waited. And um after 45 minutes, I could wait no longer, but I wasn't allowed to get up. And if I did, I could possibly harm myself even further. So um, I had an accident, a fully grown, fully functioning adult, at least it, so it seemed or felt like it should be, um, had an accident right there in the hospital bed. And probably two minutes after that had happened, a person from the cafeteria showed up to take my order for food, and I was so embarrassed and so worried that she would step into the mess that I had made um, that I just started to cry because every independence and every ability that I had 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 been taken away from me. I couldn't communicate. I couldn't take care of myself. I couldn't get out of bed. And then I had to explain myself to some stranger that I didn't know. And thankfully, God had sent me um, a beautiful person who knew the Lord and spoke into my heart just when I needed it. But um, 
those were some things that I had encountered. Now, you, if you looked in the world of disabilities and if this were a long-term experience for me, you would see that this is a speech and language issue. This is an intellectual issue. And this is also a physical issue. So what are some things that I learned from this? Now, granted, we could go on to once I left the hospital and the burden that I had become to my family to care for me and the emotions and things that came with that. But I'm going to give you the couple things that I really feel like God showed me through this experience. Number one, just because someone looks like they don't know doesn't mean they don't know. Knowing someone and understanding their circumstances, taking the time to figure something out with them is priceless. So many times individuals with disabilities are rushed because people don't want to wait for them. They don't want to have patience or maybe they downgrade or disregard what they said because they think, well, they just don't really understand. And that's what was done to me. And because of that, I was treated improperly that could have made me very, very sick, especially if it was a different kind of medication. In addition to that, we go into the communication issues where it just really became um, so evident to me because I knew in my brain what I wanted to say to these people. I knew what I wanted to communicate with them, but I couldn't. And they didn't want to take the time. They didn't want to provide me with alternative ways to do that. And I'm in a professional medical situation at which I would think these trained professionals would have the ability to show me or help me in a different way. There were no visual options or picture cards that I could use or show them. I had to use my phone to type something. But of course, um, at that point, my muscle strength was was minimal. And so it took me a long time to type in a message to share with them. And that frustrated them because, of course, they had other things to tend to. Now, I'm not saying that this is all on the medical staff and and how they, of, of course, they were in situations at which they're low staffing and they're trying to help everyone. And also, there's not training for this kind of thing. And that's sad because I think of individuals with disabilities who may go into a situation where they have to be cared for and their caregiver can't be with them every step of the way. And so they can't speak for them. And obviously, even when someone else is speaking for you, it's not it's what they think you need. It's not necessarily what you're trying to communicate. So. In addition to that, we take on the physical aspect of which I had to depend on someone else for everything, right? I was I was basically tethered to a bed because I wasn't allowed to get up on my own. I couldn't use the bathroom myself, which meant my privacy was encroached on. I needed to know that um, what I was doing was sufficient and was um, acceptable for where my health was at the moment. Um, I didn't have a choice as to whether I wanted a male or a female to help me 
in those very private moments, I had to take whatever was offered at the time. And so I take that into consideration of the individuals that we serve and the impact that it makes when you have to depend on someone else, when you can't have the things that you're asking for in a preferable way. And so that makes me be a little bit more compassionate and sensitive to the needs and concerns of individuals that I serve. Because when your independence is taken away, when your privacy is taken away, we need to consider how can we uphold someone's dignity in a way that serves them best? Now, listen, I would not wish this experience on anyone. But that experience coming to a deeper understanding and a better respect is life-changing. Whenever I woke up, I received a text from my pastor that said, don't miss this. Basically, God doesn't waste anything. I am still here for a reason. And God has provided me the opportunity to have a depth of understanding that only my experience can bring. And so that's why I've chosen that to share with you today. The perfection of other people doesn't exist. That doesn't mean they're terrible people. That doesn't mean that they didn't want to serve me well. But we can come to a better, bigger understanding when we can approach people with dignity and respect and patience to help serve them. Like I said, we've been talking about different types of disabilities, and this kind of rolls a bunch of them into one. But many of our individuals with disabilities don't just experience one type of disability. Some individuals, it's physical and intellectual. Some, it's a mental health and an intellectual disability. There are so many things that our individuals carry with them that it's not just a single facet that we need to consider. But also, again, I will say this again, and I will say it over and over again. In the end, we need to uphold the dignity and value of the people that we serve. And it's not because of who they are, but it is because of who God is. I didn't earn my place in this world by what I can do, how I can speak, and how much money I make, or the house I live in, or the car that I drive. I have this space in my life because of a God who created me and chose to maintain me and keep me and grow me in this life. And the people that we come in contact with disabilities should be afforded that same thing because their dignity and value comes from a God who said that they were worth it and they were valuable and that they had a place in the body of Christ. Do I know everything about disability ministry? Do I have all the answers? Have I done everything perfectly? I have absolutely not. But we are going to continue this conversation so that people of all abilities can have the opportunity to know Christ, grow in Him, and serve Him with the gifts that He has given them.
So join me next time when we're going to talk about ADHD.